Hey, Podcast Brunch Club. Before we begin, a quick thanks to our organizational partners, Podchaser, Critical Frequency, Audioboom, and Listen Notes. These are all companies you should look into if you're interested in great content and podcast discovery. They support and give back to the listener community. If you're an individual or an organization and you want to support the amazing listener community, think about becoming a supporter. Go to patreon.com slash podcastbrunchclub. everyone. Welcome to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. This month, we're doing things a little bit differently. Rather than a thematic podcast playlist, we're going to do a deep dive into one podcast that was voted on by the entire PBC community. And that podcast is last seen from WBUR and the Boston Globe. You can find the playlist and more information about what we did this month at podcastbrunchclub.com slash last dash scene. And I'm here with Sarah DeSilva, my co-host on the podcast and founder of Audible Feast. Hey, Sarah. Hey. So how did this little experiment go for you this month? Well, I was already a last scene connoisseur. I I was already like, as soon as it would come out every week, I would move it to the top of my list. And even before it came out, I heard a promo for this, like, I don't know, several months ago or something. So I already was... I had already had it like on my subscription list. I was pumped for this show to come out. So I had high expectations. Were those expectations met? (laughs) I would say yes. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, for those people familiar with Audible Feast, every week I have a delicious ingredients list of Mm -hmm. the best stuff I heard every week. And it appeared on delicious ingredients several times. So I thought from the beginning, they did an excellent job of kind of drawing the listener into why you should care about an art heist from 30 years ago you know like I don't know it's it but it's fascinating I think it's really really interesting you know I got to talk to the host Kelly Horan about it and it was really wonderful to talk to her I because I I keyed in on that there's a moment early on and I mean I think it's even the first episode where she talks about standing in front of the empty frames and the backing and stuff and thinking like just being so like overwhelmed by emotion thinking about this art and I don't think she particularly felt like oh she was like an art connoisseur or anything like that but I really like art related history art podcasts stuff like that because I think there is such a story to tell behind so many of the pieces and then to think about those being stolen and but still I'm I hope they still exist somewhere I bet they do um yeah um the story really is about the paintings so much more you know it's about the heist but it's also about the paintings which I think is really cool I loved that they had episode links like in the episodes they linked to the the paintings I really enjoyed that yeah, I mean, I, I liked it too. I just, for me, things went a little bit off the rails around episode five, mm-hmm. where I was like, oh my God, I cannot keep all these gangsters straight. Um, <laughs> I was really into it in the beginning. And 
I liked the way they set up the story and they kind of told the details about how the heist went down. But then it just feels like it took, for me, I know I'm probably in the minority, but I feel like it took a right turn and just went like down the whole like gangster path. And I wasn't quite sure how we got there. Like I think it, I think that they gave details of how we got, I mean, I know that they gave details on how we got there, but I sort of kept finding myself being like, wait, how did we get here? I, I am so confused. This, like, it just seemed like all of a sudden we were at this, like, what was it called? That TRC auto place. And Mm -hmm. there were these gangsters and there were so many of them. And I mean, this is reality, right? So like, I shouldn't be complaining because this is truly what happened. But mm-hmm. for me, it was like really hard to keep track of all of the different characters, especially like once they started going down the path of the of the mobsters. Um, like they, there were two bobbies, you know, and then they were telling mm-hmm. the story of like another two guys. And there were definitely moments in time where I was like, oh, that guy definitely did it. And then all of a sudden it was just like a hard stop and there would be like, oh, well, this guy could have done it too. So let's go down that line of reasoning. And I think by the end, I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed with information and feeling like I needed to go to the internet to like look at the pictures of all of the people that were involved so I could keep them Mm -hmm. all straight in my head. Because like names were just not doing it for me. Like I needed something else other than just the names to keep who's who. And straight in my head. Yeah, like a murder board for this art heist. (laughs) Like a picture of like, this is how this is linked to this. (laughs) And these people have this, you know, to do. Yeah, I think, you know, I I totally understand that. I think I, you know, because I listened to it every week, I didn't binge listen to it. I bet you that my experience was a little bit different than people who might be binge listening to it now. And Mm. I hope that my podcast, Brunch Club, actually talks about that. Because I don't know if anybody in my area listen to it as it was coming out but I think I really enjoyed the stories um individually so maybe that's Mm. where it maybe it was maybe it is one of those shows that maybe it's a little easier to digest when you listen to one at a time versus this whole like you know tons and tons of (laughs) information in in one sitting or you know a couple of days or whatever that that is I don't know it who knows well, it's interesting because I actually am the same. I I listened to it the same way that you did. So yeah. because I knew we were doing this and because I wanted to get a head start and I wasn't even sure if I'm really relieved that they, you know, wrapped the season up before December, you know, and yeah. most of our chapters <laughs> are meeting. I was very right. lucky. But I was just like, oh, I better get a head start on this. So I just was listening to it as it came out also. And then yesterday in preparation for our conversation today and my podcast brunch club meeting this weekend, I was like, I, I have to listen to it again, which you know me, I hate doing that just because I'm like, <laughs> I have so much to listen to. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to something twice, but I just, I did it. And again, I had the same reaction. And this is where I was just like, this was a binge listen. I was like, okay. This time I'm going to keep it all straight in my head, but I felt like I needed to take notes. There were like there were little yeah. times I was like I need notes. Yeah. And I did go to the, you know, to their website and I looked at some pictures that they had. There were some things that I really wanted them to have on there that I don't they either didn't or I couldn't find mm-hmm. it. One of them was like that dot matrix printout that she kept referring to in the beginning. Yeah. That yeah, where all of the um the alarms were tripped so that you could see mm-hmm how 
they moved through the space because I was like, well, who? So we know that two people came in, but that's the only reason we know that two people came in is because that's what those two security guards told us. Who's to say that one of those guys that came in didn't go and let in a whole crew of people right from the back door? Because the way that they were describing the way the activity was in the in the space, they were saying like what it was like 81 minutes where a normal art heist is 3 minutes. Mm. Yeah. You know, so and then that one um one of the paintings was it a Monet where they were like, this one just feels like it's a completely separate heist. And it just so happened to happen on the same day because it like the frame was left on the security guard's desk and it was in a room that none of the other paintings were painted in. And it was in a room that I think the alarm wasn't tripped in. So I don't know. I feel like they went down this like they really had me convinced that the that the security guard had something to do with it. And then it just sort of like stopped. And then they yeah. went down the the gangster gangster path Mm -hmm. yeah and i was like no let's explore that more (laughs) maybe it's just you know i'm sure there's so much they had to cut out when they were doing this so yeah i know and i was very frustrated by i mean they kept saying throughout basically like nobody the fbi may know more stuff and they're not really saying anything and i that frustrated me i felt like there there was there's this potential um and i think kelly said it in the um in, in either in that conclusion episode or somewhere else, she said that um, I think when she was talking to me, she said this, that I think she thinks there's benefit that could come from them releasing some information to the public that mm, for sure, um, as in other cases where, you know, especially this is these people that committed this crime are possibly no longer alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and goal right now is to find the paintings and the mm-hmm. other pieces of art. So releasing the information that they might have could really be beneficial, but obviously they're not doing it for a reason. They're not releasing it for a reason. So anyway, that was, right. I kept thinking of that the whole time. Like, where's the, where is the law enforcement investigation like today? You know, I just kept thinking yeah. of that the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's been going on for 30 years. Yeah. And then the episode where they do the dig. Yeah. You know, you kind of know they're not going to find anything, (laughs) right? I mean, you have to know that because you would have heard on the news had they found it. And throughout that whole season, they're asking for tips. So you know they don't find it at the end. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've said this before on the podcast. I am one of the weirdos who didn't love cereal season one. Mm-hmm. And it was because, again, like there were so many details that I needed a visual accompaniment. And I get sort of annoyed if I'm like, you know, I've made a choice to listen to an audio piece. So like I expect it to all be there for my ears alone. And I don't want to have to do homework outside of lis- just listening. Mm-hmm. So in order to just not just not that I won't do homework because I totally I actually really like doing more research and stuff. But in order to just simply understand the story that I'm being told, I don't want to have to do more homework. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt like throughout where I was like, wait a second, who's this one? Is this the 
Is this the guy that had the privileged upbringing but ended up being a criminal? Or is this the guy who had the really bad upbringing and ended up becoming a criminal? And was this the one who had the gay lover in prison but got married and beat his wife? Or was it the guy, was it the Bobby that, I don't know, you know, I was like, I'm so confused. Mm -hmm. But how'd you feel about the last episode, the the Q&A kind of? Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good to kind of hear the people that worked on their show get a sense of their personalities a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't know it was going to quite end that way. So that was a, was a little bit of a surprise. But I especially, I mean, I knew I was going to be interviewing Kelly. So I was really listening to hear what she was saying. So I, I definitely keyed right into her perspective, probably more than anyone's. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that. Uh, just hearing her you know, tell her story of what she, how she felt about the whole show in general. So it was a pretty good wrap up. Yeah. So we got some feedback from the community on a few different fronts this month. And one question we asked was whether a limited run series like Lassie needs a conclusion to feel satisfying. And here are a few of the responses. Tyler says, I'm still bothered by Serial season one because I need answers. So Tyler probably might agree with you, Adela, yeah. on Serial season one. However, unsatisfying doesn't mean I didn't enjoy both Serial and what I've heard of last scene so far. Yeah, and Leah and Chrissy both feel like a conclusion is necessary, but they enjoyed last scene and decided that it's not necessarily that there's a solution to the underlying question that's being asked in the podcast but rather that the series is summarized or wrapped up in a way that doesn't feel like we're hanging too much. Yeah, I I understand that. Yeah. I don't mind being left hanging personally, but um yeah, it's life, I, right? Yeah, it's just it's it was that was really interesting kind of hearing people's answers to that question. Mm-hmm. Um we uh, when we asked generally whether people enjoyed the series, the resounding answer was absolutely yes. Tana made us laugh when she wrote I don't know about you guys, but I binged the whole season in about four days. And now I think everyone is the same person and they all did it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was like. uh, Yeah, that's a good theory. Like (laughs) it's one con man who has like 14 different characters. And they're all named Bobby. (laughs) And they're all right. They're all named Bobby for sure. Right, now we thought we would do a little wrap up for the year. Um, this is one of my favorite times of the year when I get to put together my best of lists for Audible Feast. But we want to also give out some uh, silly slash funny slash endearing superlative awards here too, just like in your high school yearbook. So do you have any you would like to start with, Adela? Yeah, so best laugh, PJ vote from Reply All. Like he <laughs> just one. has the best laugh. He also, I want to create a superlative around like best <laughs> analogies because he is really a rock star at analogies. <laughs> like maybe be- like most likely to be an English major. I don't know. <laughs> PJ Vogt. <Boat. laughs> How about you? Um. So <laughs> one of my favorite shows that I ended up hearing this year that I'm going to give the class activist award to is mm-hmm. I'm going to give class activist to the host of Other Men Need Help, which is Mark Pagan. First of all, I totally have hashtag MCM Man Crush Monday on Mark <laughs> Pagan because he is in his show Other Men Need Help. He's trying to tackle <laughs> toxic masculinity in a hilarious 
so sweet, um, usually very light way. And it's just, oh, I just like every time I hear an episode, I just think, oh, yes, this person, this show is like going to change the way people think about masculinity. I just want everyone to hear it. And it's it's never like beat it over your head like, you know, men should be doing this differently. It's like examining yourself. He examines himself or a friend or somebody that he knows. And he's just like, yeah, why the hell do we do this? Like, this is so silly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what Podcast Brunch Club is about. Because like, literally, as we're talking, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go and download that show right see? now. Because I'm literally see? doing it as I have my headphones <laughs> on, my microphone it's is in front so of my face. Sweet. It's just so sweet. It's really good. Okay. And they're like 20 to 30 minutes. So that's also one of my favorite podcast episode links. Is that, so that is other like a men link. need help, right? Other men need help. Yep. Okay, subscribed. Done. It's a good one. Nice. Um, uh, I also, I want to nominate the cutest couple as um, Maeve Higgins and Mary Robinson from <laughs> Mothers of Invention. That show is about women who are implementing and encouraging and fighting for uh, climate change improvements. Could be inventions, could be policy changes, et cetera, in their countries. And they interviewed people all over the world. Uh, but their chemistry on the show is hilarious. They are so funny. I mean, Maeve Higgins is a comedian and Mary <laughs> Robinson is a former Irish president. And oh um, it is just so funny. They're, Maeve is like so silly and Mary is a perfect straight person compared to Maeve's like comedian. So hmm. adorable. I love so, it. Great chemistry. That's so funny because I also have one for most likely to end up as a talk show host. But as I hear, like, I, I want to nominate, like, a runner-up for the cutest couple. <laughs> cutest couple. Yeah. And, and both of those categories for Help I Sex Did My Boss, which I believe I've oh, talked yes. about here before. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe runner-up on cutest couple and then definitely most likely <laughs> to end up as a talk show host because they are so funny. And, like... It's a British show. It's basically like a Dear Abby type of setup, or I guess in Britain they call them agony ants, which is a new term for me. But there, it's where you go to get advice, like if you accidentally text sexed your boss, you know, like that's why <laughs> that's how the name came. And it's just like I turned you onto this one, right, Sarah? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's like. They are yeah. With the episode of if your balls fall out, fall out of your shorts while you're doing yoga, yeah, right, right, hilarious. It's the, about, <laughs> it's the one. I think it's the one about their the gym kit again, which yes, another term. Yes. I don't know what that means. I'm like, I guess that's their gym bag, <laughs> their gym kit. So um, cute. Oh my god, it's so funny. And the funny so part about good. it is they're like like opposites but they have this amazing mm -hmm. it sounds the same as Maeve and Mary right like they're opposites but they have this amazing chemistry like they're like the one guy is very prim and proper like he is actually his job is a etiquette coach and you know does stuff for like the royal weddings and stuff and then the other guy is this sort of like I don't know what to call him he's he's a radio DJ kind of guy and he's very I mean, at least he plays sort of uneducated. Like the other, the other guy's always correcting his grammar, and he can't pronounce things right. And but he's actually very smart, 
I think he maybe plays it up a little bit. Uh, but they're friends. They're actually friends. Mm-hmm. And they just, they, right? They have great chemistry. Yeah. Um, we have talked about this show quite a bit <laughs> uh, over the year. But mm-hmm. we also wanted to <laughs> nominate um, the the show that's most likely to be found studying in the library. That is definitely in the dark mm-hmm. because... They did so much research this year and research that cannot be done by just looking online for things like the amazing, amazing work that they did going to Mississippi, living Mm -hmm. in Mississippi for more than a year, um, going into these old like warehouses and storage areas and stuff and looking through documents and Oh my gosh! Amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing work. Really great journalism being done. And the big news, right? The big news at the end was that the case that they highlighted has been accepted as a case in the Supreme Court in 2019. So they're thinking it'll be heard by June, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's big news for that show. Excellent work. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then the other show, well, this is not, I didn't think through the superlative for this one, but it definitely deserves a superlative of some sort. Ear hustle. Yeah. Right? Like, amazing show. And then the big news coming out of that is that Erlon Woods, the host of the show, his sentence was commuted by the governor. And Radiotopia hired him to continue working on the show. So he's not going anywhere, but he's free. He's a free man. Um, so I don't know, like... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe activists, maybe maybe Radiotopia is maybe Radiotopia is um, most likely to help make dreams come true. They Ooh, certainly that's a good um, one. Helped Erlan uh, find a place here, at least for now, on the outside and yeah. get started on his new life. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think he was convicted of robbery, and he served twenty years of a thirty-year sentence. Well, yeah. What else you got? Oh, I have another good one. So I was really thinking about uh, a network or a a company in particular. I, for the most likely to be my boss in the future, I mean, that would be kind of like a dream, but I I, I don't think that's probably going to happen. I want to (laughs) nominate Gimlet Media Mm -hmm. because I think that they took a lot of risks this year. They had some great business success in landing some TV deals more than one i think that they have really innovative show ideas they dip their toe into fiction a little bit this year mm-hmm. and not everything that they did was a huge success they canceled some shows this year i just think they're bold and i i really um I, i'm inspired by mm-hmm. what they're doing and they're definitely making a great go of it as a company i'm impressed yeah and in that vein they just launched a show called Without Fail. Yes. Where Alex Bloomberg, the CEO of Gimlet, interviews people about their failures. And mm-hmm. basically, it's like his way of saying like, you know, I think he's he frames it as like, I'm just, this is an excuse for me to interview people I really want to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, it feels really authentic because like you said, they took risks and they failed. But like, I don't know. I, I always... I've been saying this all year, just like failure is okay. Like failure is an option 
and actually yep. kind of a necessity if you think you want to succeed at something. So yep. stop making a big deal out of it. It's just not, it's, it shouldn't be a big deal. Totally. You know, I, I just, I really appreciate the, the risks that they've taken. I think that they've paid off in general for them. Totally. And I hope that Homecoming is coming back for another season because that is one of my favorite, favorite shows. So, so are you good. listening to Startup? Not right now. No, is it good? Okay, because they did, well, they did, I don't know, like a mini series in the show where they talked about the process of turning Homecoming into oh, okay. cool. a, a TV thing. So yeah, I think you'd find it interesting. They actually interview Julia Roberts on it. So that's oh cool. Yeah, pretty cool. And Alex Bloomberg talks to her and he talks about kind of like the actual process and what they did wrong with Alex Inc. You know, the hmm. show that be, that cool. started out of startup, which you know, it's very, very meta. It's almost like mind numbing how meta it gets with with startup itself and then startup becoming a TV show. I don't know. It gets crazy. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's it's good. So just go and find those, I think it's four episodes yeah. just where they okay. do that little deep dive into their own business. Okay. I, yeah, I want to shout out to what I think is the most athletic show. I mean, we talked a little bit last month about the sports shows that have been out lately, the sports story te- storytelling mm-hmm. and stuff. And I thought there have been some really great shows this year. This was a tough one for me because I, I really listened to a lot in this, what I would consider the most athletic category. <laughs> but I thought that 30 for 30 podcasts, um, that's the ESPN's podcast extension of their show, uh, 30 for 30, their documentary series. I thought they did an excellent, excellent job this year. There there has been a, a full season this fall. I don't think it's finished yet. And there was also a little five-part series on Bikram yoga. And mm-hmm. it was almost like an expose of mm-hmm. uh, the founder and just kind of all, a lot of creepy things that went yeah. on, um, some illegal things that went on with with him. And then just, I just think that the, it's really, they really take this true like documentary approach and bundle something into a really nice like 30 to 45 minute episode. And it it is almost like watching a documentary, but listening to it. And they just do a really good job with the sound, finding just the right number of angles to tell from different people in the story without going overboard or whatever mm. um i don't know just really really good yeah speaking of sound i'm gonna throw another one into the mix and again i don't have a superlative for this one but <laughs> i just started listening and i'm gonna shout out to emily knight our um our chapter leader in bristol she is the host i guess producer host um, of the BBC Earth podcast, which just oh cool. came out. And it's really good. If you like Earth, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess everybody If you like Earth. <laughs> if, if you are you an inhabitant like, of Earth. <laughs> if you <laughs> And you like, enjoy living here. <laughs> yeah, if you I mean, right. If you don't want to live on Mars. If you like, you know, the BBC Earth documentary type of show on television, you probably will like this. There's a lot of sound, which is really cool cool because it's just, yeah, like the way that they do the show is really cool. There's really only a couple of episodes out, um, at least as far as I know, I'm very backed up, but 
they did one on isolation and they actually talked to people who went to very isolated places, but also felt isolated in their lives. And it's very, it's really good. I would highly recommend it. And also just, I recommend it because I love Emily and um, a lot of the work she does. So um, that one, I think that one will get a superlative next year because it will have more (laughs) episodes out. I'll have to think through that. Good, cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up soon, but um, I just want to, say, please do not forget that this deep dive was an experiment. And if you liked this binge listen concept, you should let me know. You can email me at Adela, that's A-D-E-L-A at podcastbrunchclub.com. And if we do it again in the future, you should keep your eye on the PBC Facebook group, which is where we'll post the poll so that you can vote on what we listen to. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this month. We will be coming to your feed again soon with more interviews from the creators of the shows on the playlists. Um, But you can get in touch with us anytime through the Podcast Brunch Club or Audible Feast website. Happy listening. 